Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community updates. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Belmont voters will head to the polls to vote on local marijuana regulation on September 25th. Voters will decide the extent to which retail sales of recreational marijuana will occur in the town of Belmont. In this segment, we explain what a yes vote and what a no vote means on September 25th. The town of Belmont will hold a special election on Tuesday, September 25th. There will be only one question on the ballot, and it's all about marijuana. A proposed new general bylaw was approved at a special town meeting on May 2nd, but under state law, it does not go into effect unless the voters also approve it under a local ballot question. What does a yes vote mean? This article would prohibit the state's Cannabis Control Commission from licensing any kind of marijuana establishment in Belmont other than a retail store. The other types of marijuana establishments, though, like marijuana cultivators, marijuana product manufacturers, and marijuana testing facilities, can't be licensed by the state. It's important to note that registered medical marijuana dispensaries would continue to be allowed under a separate statute. The number of retail marijuana establishments would also be capped at 20% of the number of licenses issued for the retail sale of alcoholic beverages not to be drunk on the premises rounded up to the next whole number. Belmont is authorized to issue and has issued six such licenses, which means that the state could issue a maximum of two licenses for the retail sale of marijuana and marijuana products. That number would remain at two unless and until the town obtained authorization from the state to issue and did issue more than 10 package store licenses. A yes vote doesn't mean that marijuana retail stores would be located in Belmont, nor would it determine where they could be established. Those questions would be resolved through the state's licensing process and through local zoning bylaw provisions and other time, place, and manner restrictions that may be adopted and amended from time to time by the town. What does a no vote mean? The vote no would allow all types of marijuana establishments in Belmont and would not limit the number of retail establishments. All those establishments could apply for a license to operate in Belmont issued by the state's Cannabis Control Commission. Note, Neither a yes nor a no vote would opt out Belmont from marijuana establishments. We hope this video helps you to make your choice. So please do vote on Tuesday, September 25th at your polling location. Welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. Joanna Juvelis, the senior multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald, joins us this week. Thanks for stopping over. Thanks, Roger. Uh, after the tragic accident uh, in the Be Butler neighborhood, there have been efforts to at least talk about and figure out how to improve pedestrian safety in town. Absolutely. There was a traffic advisory committee meeting September 13th. It was in the town hall auditorium, and it was filled with concerned residents. 
And did people got up and made suggestions? They made good suggestions. Yes, uh, more than 30 people. There, there was a, a constant line for three hours. There was no time limit on what you know how long they could speak. And there were at least 14 issues brought up that, that uh, Assistant Police Chief Jamie McIsaac was taking notes and, and he said there were 14 recommendations that came out of that meeting and you know concerns that residents had not just about the intersection of Lexington and Sycamore but about many other intersections. But the biggest thing that came out of that meeting was residents want the town to focus more on pedestrian safety not just cars and traffic. So uh, they talked about how it, there's really a transportation issue in town rather than a traffic issue I in town. Pretty much, pretty much. And, and they had there, some really good suggestions. And, and There were two that were adopted. Two were adopted. So I'll tell you about the, the, first, the first one. Um, there's a sign that they're going to install on the stop signs on Sycamore Street. It's an orange sign, and it says, Cross Traffic Doesn't Stop. That warns drivers on Sycamore Street that the traffic on Lexington Street doesn't have a stop sign. So you should stop for that traffic, right? Cross traffic doesn't stop. It's a warning sign. Those and, are going to go up very soon. And it would warn pedestrians as well, I, right? Yes, yes, I would think so. So people won't cross the street thinking that the cars coming down yes. are going to pull up to a stop sign of some sort. Yes, and the other thing that I think will get cars to slow down and, and pay attention more is they're going to put a speed feedback sign on Lexington Street at Chandler that is for 20 miles per hour. So if you're above 20 miles per hour, I think whatever speed you're going, it's going to show you your speed. So if you're going and 30, it's a 20 mile per hour zone, you got to slow down. I, and I've seen those signs and what they do is they flash slow down to you if you're above the... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's what this one will do, but if it does, then that's great. That, that, that's even better. So that's going to be going up very soon as well. Now, the, the other one that's going to take a little bit more time is that they recommended Glenn hire a traffic consultant to... Glenn being Glenn Clancy, the head of community, community development. development. Exactly. Um, to hire a consultant to uh, see if that intersection, Lexington and Sycamore, warrants a full traffic light. Now, all of this isn't cost-free, right? None of this There's... is cost-free. Um, Glenn said that if the traffic light is warranted, it's going to take up to a year to install it, and it's going to cost north of 175000 and he doesn't know where the funding for that's going to come from. But residents really... Roger, they don't want to wait a year. They want quicker action. And they don't want quicker action just for that intersection. They want to see action for other dangerous crosswalk intersections. And I've seen or I've heard that people ask for the uh, yield to pedestrians in, yes. in crosswalks. Now, those are relatively inexpensive yes. and the signs they're that you easy see, to do. Yep, that says state law yield to pedestrians. So Ann Mann, who's a realtor, she put a call out on her Facebook page and she asked people to sponsor a sign. Those actually cost $400. And Glenn said the town doesn't have funding for that. So they're going to, they're gonna, I think September 28th, you're going to see Ann Mann at the select meeting presenting a gift of, I don't know how many signs at this point, maybe 10, maybe more. And she's going to let the town decide where to put them. Um, Glenn said, you know, if we do get these donations, Public Works will remove the signs during snow. 
And Mark Palillo, Selectman uh, Mark Palillo said, you know, if we didn't have residents who could sponsor signs, why don't we ask Special Town Meeting to, to fund them and like put a, an article for $10,000. But we're not at that point yet. Um, let's see what we get from, from residents. So we can look forward to, uh, to increase safety for pedestrians in Belmont. Let, let's hope That's so. the bottom line. Yes. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis today, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. You can read about this story and more, not only in the print edition of the Citizen Herald, but uh, uh, on the or in the online edition of Wicked Local Belmont. Welcome to this week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Thanks for stopping over. Hello, Roger. How are you? Good, good. Big news on the Bradford in, uh, in Cushing Square. There is a real building there. That's right. It's, uh, the, it's, it's, it's the building that is being called the Winslow. It's the one that's on Trapello Road. Anybody who goes through Cushing Square will, will see it because it's already on the, they've already framed up the second floor. And what we're going to see in the next week or two is that the public will have one day, I think it is a Saturday, we'll still have to confirm that, uh, in which they will be allowed to come to the site and look at the material that will be uh, used on the site, whether it's the, uh, the siding, the, uh, the window framing, and, 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 and many other uh, like baseboard and, and things like that. So you can see it in the light, so you can actually see what they're going to be putting up because it's going to be put up pretty quickly. It's really going very well, the, the whole project. And what the community ask, is asking is when's the Starbucks going to be open? That, uh, no, no, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> when, is, sorry, when, when is my second office going to reopen? Um, that is, uh, they, as, uh, they, they had reported that it was going to be open sometime in November or December, but that doesn't look like it's possible. Um, uh, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done, especially with the parking that's going to be on the side. But it's going to be there. It's actually, you know, the entire project, like I said, is, is being... Uh, Moving faster uh, than was expected. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I guess, the, the good weather that they had over the summer you know, it was hot for us, but I guess for construction it was great. So as construction continues, is there talk about uh, uh, when occupancy might start to occur for apartments? That's and right. The, the Winslow will be the first one open. That is going to be a, uh, that is going to be a, a, a two-floor um, uh, um, building, uh, commercial building, um, uh, apartments, and uh, with, with ground floor uh, um, uh, retail. Um, and that, and uh, you know, it's always it's always iffy when when, when it's always going to be done. But they're 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 looking for a very quick opening, you know, and and hopefully that will be be done uh, at least sometime in the early next year. And what I've heard is that by next year, 2019, all three buildings all three will all be all three buildings not finished but well on their way. That's right. It, it, and the next building that you'll see go up is is really the most impressive one because it's they had to dig so far down and 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 build that foundation and that is um, uh, the one that's uh, going up uh, at the corner of uh, um, uh, Belmont and um, Common, uh, Common Street. Street. Yes. And 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 that's a residential also. So they're they're going to get those residential portions done and get some and start to sell those. Um, um, uh, uh, rent those out, so um, it, it's uh, it uh, so they can <laughs> complete their project. Okay, let's talk about two other projects that are moving forward, and they're sort of interrelated. Mm -hmm. The intergenerational path at uh, Clay Pit Pond and 
the Veterans Memorial. That's Those right. Are both. Um, a contract was uh, 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 was uh, written for and and signed by the Board of Selectmen uh, for the generational path, uh, the intergenerational path, I should say. Uh, surprise, not surprisingly, clay pipon is a, is 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 used quite a lot by many people, not only in that area, uh, in uh, Belmont Center, you could say, but also from uh, people who just come by to walk their dogs in the morning, and it's, it's very popular, so um, uh, this is a, a great news for them, because what will happen is you'll have a, a, a true path, and it's gonna be with crushed stone, uh, quarried over in uh, West Roxbury, um, and uh, and it was really great because the contractor w really wanted to get everything going, so he he started building without a contract. So it was really nice of him, um, and uh, it's going to go really quickly. This is another thing that's going really this quickly. Fall. They're they are looking to do um, uh, the the path very soon and uh, have hydro and hydro seed the uh, the uh, grass areas. And basically, be done. They said by the first week of, uh, or first or second week of November, which would be Veterans Day. That's great. Now, talking about the uh, the Veterans Memorial, that really is associated with the generational because path. because the path goes through through it. And so they're going to be doing a lot of the same work, um, doing an, a path in that area, and um, just you know, just doing a lot of um, uh, repair work. And so, so it's ready to go. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, the, uh, there there are some portions of the Veterans Memorial that is uh, that's in China being made <laughs> with gran their granite blocks. Uh, so, that, so it will take a little bit longer before that is uh, completed. Maybe we'll have a Memorial Day service there. That's great. We've been talking with Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. In 2010, nine-year-old Nicholas Marama tragically died when he was hit by a tree limb when he was playing at a neighbor's home here in Belmont. His tennis coach, Keith Warner, organizes a tennis tournament every September. Now in its eighth year, that tournament raises money for the children's room in Arlington. We are approaching our eighth tennis tournament in Nicholas' name. I can't believe it. It's, been, it's gonna be an eighth one. Of course we want to uh, remember Nicholas's uh, life. You know, we want to celebrate his life. And also, this is an event for the tennis community in Belmont. After Nick passed away, as you can imagine, it was um, really the most unbearable time of my life. I was lucky to be surrounded by my family and my friends. But um, to help me grieve and help me um, go on in some way, that's when Children's Room stepped in and was there for me and for my Ella. It's a, it's a beautiful organization uh, that helps families who lost children or spouses who, who lose their own their spouses. But mainly they help children. They help children who lose their, who lose their siblings or children who lose their parents. Ella met with other children who lost siblings and for her it was really important because for that an hour and a half she was surrounded by children who feel the same way as she did. 
I felt it was very peaceful time for her. She could be her own person and somehow, um, I think it was very, very helpful for her. Not to mention to me as a mother who wanted to be there for Ella and deal with my own grief. Um, it's, it's priceless to have that place. There is nothing like it. And so I will always, always um, be grateful to that place. That they really saved my life and helped me to be a mother to Ella. Um, and try to go on and... Make sure you come out and uh, support this wonderful event. And uh, let's celebrate Nicholas's life. Look forward to seeing everyone. Here's Jane Peters with a look at what there is to do in Belmont in the coming week on Community Calendar. Jane has Paul Roberts, who will tell us in particular about the upcoming Dan Sharfman Memorial Run. Hi, everybody. This is this week's Community Calendar. Before we get into next week's events, we have a special guest with us today. This is Paul Roberts. Paul is the race director for the Dan Sharfman 5K Memorial Run. It's going to be taking place next weekend on Sunday September 30th. Thank you so much for being here today to talk about the race. Thank you so much for having me. Great. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So Dan was a big member of the Belmont community. He was on school committee and involved in town meeting. He was a town meeting member. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about what Dan was like and uh, what his passions were? Well, Dan was a really big part of this community, uh, as many of the people watching know. Yeah, so he was a uh, member of the school committee, um, candidate for uh, Board of Selectmen, mm -hmm. um, and somebody who was very involved um, in town events, both as a, as a father and just as a community member. Um, and uh, he was a really dear friend of mine as well and a running partner of mine. Um, he was a very active uh, outdoorsman and runner. He ran his first marathon quite late in life, I think in his 40s or maybe even his 50s when he ran his first marathon. But he had kind of recreationally been doing, you know, 18 and 21 mile runs, you know, wow. just just for kicks before <laughs> that, for a long time before that. So he was a, he was a true runner. Um, and um, when he tragically passed away, um, myself as well as the folks at the um, Foundation for Belmont Education um, got together and said, you know, we really need to remember uh, Dan and a run would be a great way to do it. Great. And uh, so this uh, 5K really kind of combines a lot of things that he was passionate about. The money from the race is actually going to the FBE for their um, innovative teaching initiative. That's right. So Right. So the race really um, raises money to fund programs that I th we think were really in keeping with Dan's um, background and his interests. Mm -hmm. um, he was a, worked in technology himself, uh, helping nonprofits mm -hmm. to kind of um, streamline their operations and make them make them you know use technology to be more efficient. Um, and he was a school committee member, mm -hmm. so he was really interested in modernizing um, the way education is delivered, um, the skills that teachers have, and that's kind of what the ITI does. It's a it's a um, one fund within the foundation um, that helps with a, a range of priorities um, from helping teachers to get familiar with technology, learn to integrate technology into the classroom, kind of professional development, um, and just kind of look at ways that this district can use technology to educate its children better. 
This is our sixth year doing the race, um, and, and in that short time, the, the Sharfman Memorial Run has really become one of the biggest money raisers for the foundation. So it's been a very, very successful event. Um, so again, it's going to be on Sunday, September 30th. Uh, race starts at 9.30, the 5K, and there's also a 2K yes. that starts at 10.45? That's correct. That goes up. It actually passes uh, really actually four of the, the schools in town, which is one of our ideas in kind of putting the course together. Mm -hmm. so, it, so it's a lot of, a lot of um, scenic views of Belmont public schools. Mm -hmm. um, and then the 2K race um, is after that. That's, that is just a loop around uh, Clay Pit Pond and back to the Belmont High School track where both race starts. And it's a great event for runners of all ages. We get a lot of younger runners who maybe aren't up to the full uh, 5K distance mm -hmm. who do the 2K. And it's, it's a great family event. You get a lot of parents who do the 5K and then stick around and do the 2K with their kids. So. Awesome. And there's a lot going on at the field that day. So first race is, yes, as you said, 9.30, but um, we've got music and a workout session with Donna from Body Trio before that, and there's food and music and, and um, a DJ, so it's just a lot of fun for everybody, even Great. if you're not running. Great. So can people still sign up to race? Can they show up on the day of and register, or do you need to register beforehand? Yes and yes. So okay. registration online goes through um, the 26th of September. Okay. Um, and that is at our, through the Belmont, uh, Foundation for Belmont Education website, which is fbe-belmont.org uh, mm -hmm. slash run. Okay. And then if you don't manage to register online by the 26th, you can show up the day of at the track awesome. and register that. Perfect. For either of it. Great. So we hope you have a great turnout. I'm sure you will. Thank you very much. We hope everybody uh, makes it through with their goals, whether it's 5K or 2K. Absolutely. Come out whether you're running or not. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having about me. The race. All right. And with that, we'll get into next week's events. There are many animals that can sniff things out better than they can see. Families can visit some of the more aromatic spots at Habitat and use their sense of smell on Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. This program is suitable for all ages. You can register for this and other programs at massautobahn.org. Do you have the culinary skills to turn a regular pack of ramen noodles into a delicious masterpiece? Put your know-how to the test at the library on Wednesday at 2 in a Top Chef Ramen Challenge for grades 6 through 12. Registration is required on the library's website. Interested in learning about how a rideshare like Uber or Lyft can work for you? Join a free three-part class at the Beach Street Center to learn how to use your smartphone to request rides. Learn how these applications work and take short trips around the community using both Uber and Lyft. Participants must have a smartphone and come with their Apple or Google password. Belmont's IT Advisory Committee and Library have invited experts to talk to the community about fake news and artificial intelligence on Thursday from 7 to 9. Experts include local resident technologist, researcher, and entrepreneur Dr. Brian Loyal. Belmont Books has a lineup of authors coming in next week. On Tuesday, meet Edwin Hill and Hank Philippi Ryan, crime fiction authors. On Wednesday, Sherry Suchers will be in to speak on her new memoir, 48 Peaks, Hiking and Healing in the White Mountains. On Thursday, Stephanie Gale will read from her third book in the Thomas Lynch series, Idle Hands. And on Friday, Raymond Arsenal will speak on his relevatory biography chronicling author Ash's rise to stardom. All author talks take place from 7 to 9 at Belmont Books. Flattened, dry, corrugated cardboard, old trash barrels and recycling bins, and storage containers can be dropped off at the town yard on Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. 
Used barrels in like new condition will also be available to take for your own use. You can learn more on Belmont's town website. And that's it for this week. If you'd like your event featured on Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Belmont Marauder football is off to a great start this season. The Marauders have won their first two games. BMC's Jeremy Meserve fills us in on the Marauders' last win against Framingham. Is Hampton Trout, number 14, who's uh, the kicker. Meanwhile, big hole on the left side for Rakai Joseph, and he will walk into the end zone for a Marauder touchdown. A running back slash linebacker, and so the, uh, the kicking thing might be something he's just trying out. That was a... Uh, Somewhat short end over end kick and uh, Hubbard takes it at his 20. Hubbard's out in the open field right now and Hubbard is going down the sideline. Check that, it's Emmanuel Clark. Emmanuel Clark is going to go 80 yards for a Marauder touchdown. Marauder's already doing well and here's Emmanuel Clark again. Emmanuel Clark with a pick six. Ground. This whole drive has been on the ground, much like that one. I guess you got to go back to what works, and that works. It's a touchdown for Rakai Joseph. First time tonight the Marauders have attempted a two-pointer. They'll go to Joseph again. Joseph fighting for the goal line, and he is in. I mean, common sense says here you punt the ball, but again, Marauders are in an I formation. They're going for it on fourth and one. They've run the ball very well tonight. No reason they can't make this. But let's see. Killian O'Connell, he's going to be close. I don't think he made it. Well, Framingham's defense rose to the occasion there. Alex Marauders come out of the defensive huddle. They line up their best 11. And they are imploring the Belmont crowd, who uh, the small but loyal Belmont crowd of fans who made the trip to uh, make some noise, framing and making noise as well. Fourth and goal from the nine. Beverly's back to throw, he fires, it is deflected, incomplete! The Marauders have held! Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Let's now take a look at what's happening on the BMC Community Programming Channels in the coming week. This has been the Belmont Journal. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.